I can't say that I've been much of anything most of my life. It's sort of like somewhere along the way I, I checked out. And it's not like I had big dreams to begin with, but I had, I had something once, something close to faith or hope or whatever, whatever word you want to use for how good life could be. But then the years, they start moving quicker and all of a sudden what's going good out there for everybody else, it ain't, it ain't going so good for you. But tonight I feel um, embarrassed. I've had my chances more than most. I've grown up in a country where if I decided to do more with my life than just drift and drink, that I could be standing where, where maybe you stand tonight. Instead, I've taken freely and I've given nothing. I'm ashamed in front of my daughter and my country. I've never served or sacrificed. The only heavy lifting I have ever been asked is simple stuff like, you know, um, pay attention vote. If America has a, well, if America has a true enemy tonight, I guess it's me. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, Tuesday is election day, folks. It's primary day. Don't be the enemy of this country and be apathetic and sit on your butt and don't go to the, the polls. Yeah, Trump has the Trump has the nomination, but we got some other we got some other things that need to be voted for. Don't sit on your butt. In case I in case I forget to say this later in the show, I'll be voting for uh, for Trump for Tom Del Beccaro, and for Doug Shepard, if you're in the 41st district, then you can follow mine. I have people that come to me and say, just tell me what to vote and I'll vote. I believe you. Okay, I don't have time to watch it. Well, you know, it's sad that you don't have time to, time to pay attention. But it's a fact and it's reality, so I do my show. But, uh, you know, lots of stuff going on this, going on this week. It's The, the rhetoric's getting heat, heated up. We're going to talk about all that stuff. And we're going to talk to a special guest. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Marina Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of your all of your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are tons of them out there, you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one more time, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get some information on financing of any kind, financing, uh, buying a house, refinancing your house, rates are great, pay off your bills, um, fix that adjustable rate or, uh, you know, buy a, buy a second home, buy an investment property, uh, or, uh, look into that reverse mortgage thing that everybody's talking about. Maybe you want your, uh, your, uh, 
maybe you want to uh, get rid of that mortgage payment in your in your 60s. If you're over 62, call me 855-640-2020. But if you want to find out about anything and you don't want to call me because hey, I don't really want to get embarrassed if he says if I ask a dumb question. <clears throat> the only dumb questions are the ones you don't ask. If you're not sure, you need to know. You can't afford to uh, be unsure about financial questions like this. Uh, call me or go to edhoffman.net, click on apply now, fill in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me what, tell me what you're looking for, what you want to, what you, what you want to hear back from me. And, uh, you'll hear back from myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampias, Alex Rojas, Justin Clark, or Eric Marquez. And, uh, we will help you put together your real estate financing puzzle. If you want to, uh, if you, uh, if you hear something you want repeated, you can, uh, get a replay of this show on edhoffman.net. Click, uh, listen to the main event. Hear this show as well as past four, four past shows, or you can get me on iTunes on podcasts. Just go to iTunes, search Ed Hoffman or the main event, and you can uh, subscribe for free and have it download to uh, your phone or your device or your iPad, your iPod, any of those things, and uh, listen to it anytime you want. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Ed Hoffman, I tweet all, all week long about current events. Our Facebook page is The Main Event 590, and you can see my opinion columns on IE Business Daily. Uh, click on the opinion column to see my full list. This week's column is about how voters in California can vote uh, for change on Tuesday, June 7th, which I'm going to talk about today as well. Coming up this Tuesday, June 7th, it's primary day, folks, and I'm happy to tell you, uh, I'm happy to tell you guys to go into secret ballot and uh, vote the way I'm voting, and I'm voting for Trump, Del Bacaro, and if you're in the 41st district, I'm voting for Doug Shepard. And uh, just to help you with this, help you with this to understand um, who, uh, what, what, what you should do on Tuesday and do be responsible. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show the candidate that I'm voting for for the Senate this Tuesday, Tom Del Bacaro. Uh, Tom is the leading Republican in the U.S. Senate race for a Barbara Boxer seat. He's a business and real estate uh, attorney and a former chairman of the California Republican Party and the author of two books, The Divided Era and The New Conservative Paradigm. Tom spent more than 15 years in Republican politics and has been endorsed by everyone from uh, LA, uh, L.A. County Supervisor Michael Antonovich to former San Francisco Police Chief Anthony Ribera to someone that listeners of this station probably familiar with, Mr. Ben Shapiro who hates Trump, but he loves Tom Del Beccaro. Uh Tom's flat tax plan is supported by national economists Stephen Moore, Larry Kudlow, uh, Art Laffer, in addition to former Republican presidential candidate Steve Forbes, who's got funny eyes, but he's a smart guy, so uh, getting endorsed by uh, Forbes is a big thing. And Congressman Tom McClintock, who should have been the governor when he ousted uh, Gray Davis, except for Arnold came in and, and overshadowed him. Uh, regardless of all that history that I added in that I didn't need to, uh, Tom, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, but what's more important is you're running for you're running for Senate, so I'm sure uh, in the la- going into the final stretch, you're probably getting tired. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the last uh, in one, earlier this week in a 24 hour, 36 hour period. I was in San Diego, L.A., Walnut Creek, where I live for an event. Sacramento, San Francisco, back to Walnut Creek, and then back to San Diego, all within about 30 hours. You but, have to, uh, go ahead. We're fighting a good fight, and we're happy where we are. Yeah, you have to. You have to be totally committed. Totally committed because you have to fight so hard to to get a leadership position in in politics. You have to really, really, really want to help help our state, help our country. Well, you know, I have a lifelong commitment to limited government. My father helped start the Conservative Party of New York. 
I've been a flat tax tax reform proponent for decades now. This is this is something we got to do, whether I'm running for Senate or not. And so that's why uh, I continue to press forward. Well, uh, you know, uh, we've talked several times, and I always like a candidate who greets me who greets me in the when I see him with a with a with a with a quasi body block. Hey, Ed, how are you doing? And sticks his shoulder into me. Okay, I like that. I like that kind of I like that kind of relationship with our with our government leaders. Uh, I'm pretty soon me and Trump will be doing that too. Hey, so let, let's go. let's talk about why. Uh, Let's 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 get some uh, some actual pertinent inf- information on the radio since we only got uh, five days till your uh, five days four days we five four hey, hey if you're a Democrat the election is Wednesday go out there and vote on Wednesday if you're a Republican it's Tuesday okay uh, your primary challengers U.S. Senate uh, are uh, California Attorney General Kamala Harris and Congresswoman Lorena Sanchez both Democrats um, tell our listeners in a nutshell why it's so crucial that they vote on Tuesday's primary. And and a spe- and why most because a lot of people are saying, hey, you know what, the presidential thing is pretty much wrapped up. If I don't vote, it's not that important. But it is very important for our state because of that Senate seat. And uh, last time, I think what's Boxer been in there about nine hundred years? Yes, absolutely, some twenty-seven years. So it's critical because we have this ridiculous top two format, and that means of the thirty-four people on the ballot, only the top two make it. Uh, on to November. And I've been the lead Republican for a while. Uh, I'm the one with the endorsements you talked about, the endorsements that matter. If we don't get someone in the top two, then we're shut out this fall. Uh, We don't have someone at the top of the ticket at first Senate, and then all the down tickets suffer. So we really need people to come out and coalesce behind a single Republican, and I'd love people to do that. Plus, you know, the reality is Kamala Harris, if she wins, would be just as bad, if not worse, than Boxer. And we can't have two and a half decades of her. Uh, no, we cannot. And uh, <clears throat> I see, I see some of the propaganda that's in the mail, in the mail out there. And uh, you know, the Democrats will just, you know, if you happen to be standing in the same state when there's a when there's an earthquake, they're going to blame you for the earthquake. Hey, you know what? Uh, Tom Del Bacaro was in California that day, and there was a big earthquake. See what he did to California? <clears throat> so let's yeah, let's let's exactly. talk about some of the stuff that the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, released figures this week uh, that show five out of the seven metro areas with unemployment rates over ten percent. And those job job report today was pretty bad. Um, but let's talk. It about- is bad, and it's no, and it's no surprise because. And just a stat for you, about 47% of the economy, almost half of it, is government spending or the cost of regulations. And whenever that figure in any society gets about above one-third, what you find is you get this slow growth. And we're at 2% growth or less the last eight years. Europe's over 50% on that stat, and they've had 2% or less growth uh, by and large for 15 years. Give me that if we stat. don't invigorate the private sector, we're going to get jobs reports like this. Give me that stat. Give me that stat one more time. What's the percentage that we're spending on? Thirty-six percent uh, of the economy is government spending, and another 12 percent is our spending on regulations. That means government's essentially half the economy. And whenever it's over a third, you get the weak growth that you see now, Europe's over half. In fact, France is over 70%. Spain's over 60%. And they've had 1% or 2% growth. And that's not enough. 
that kind of growth leads to joblessness and even bigger government. And the only way we're going to, I know you told me we're going to talk about taxes later, but we've got to invigorate the private sector. And, and how are you, what's your, uh, what is your plan to bring uh, jobs back to California? It's pretty simple. We have to have rational regulations. We need to ha- have a pro-growth tax cut like I'm proposing. And we have to have a comprehensive water plan. A lot of unemployment in this state is driven by bad water management. 50% of the water that we catch and control is allowed to go straight out to the ocean. That number has to be reduced to about 50%. I mean, I'm sorry, about 25%. And if it was, our water crisis would be over just like that. So, at, but at, but from at, as a member of the Senate, as a member of well, Senate. as a member of Senate, keep in mind that the EPA and the Department of Forestry have a big say over the uh, over water use in this state, and so you also need a Senate leader that's willing to lead on the subject. And I want to have a statewide water conference in March or April of next year where we expose the mismanagement and get solutions not only at the federal level, but also at the state level. Okay. So uh, jumping jumping ahead here, you know, we're at the, uh, you have an extensive plan for this. Well, jump ahead. That was one of my next, one of my next questions um, is your, your plan for to end the water crisis. Well, and it starts with that water crisis. Keep in mind that most voters still think, that, we, that the drought is causing this, not mismanagement. So the m- most essential thing we need to do is to educate everybody about the problem caused by government, like I mentioned, letting so much out to the ocean, and also the biggest offender, the biggest waster of water are municipal, the municipalities. They're, the water districts are leaking, their pipes are leaking somewhere between 10 and 16% depending on where you are in the state, of all the water used in the state. That's more than residents even use altogether. So there's a lot that can be done, but educating voters are first, and then common sense solutions like fixing the pipes, reducing the amount of water that goes out directly to the ocean, building desalination plants, building reservoirs. All of this can be seen at TomDell.com. I'm, I'm the only one with a comprehensive water plant. So, so it's not just uh, do save the planet and hope that the that the the rain gods send uh, rain clouds to us. No, it's most of this is caused by mismanagement of the our existing water supplies. Should we be better with water? Absolutely. That's why so much of my plan includes uh, water recycling. We should have we should be the leader in the world for water recycling, but we're not because they're actually restricting water and hurting us. And uh, apparently a lot of the, and what you said, the water is being let out into the ocean to uh, save smelts or something? Well, it's allegedly to do that, but the science doesn't show that it's actually working. So really what it is is environmentalists restricting the water so that they want us to move out of the state. They want less Californians. I don't think they have the right to do that. And the more voters find out about this, the more demand for change they want. And so, so maybe we could turn uh, turn California into a common sense state. That uh, there you go. I don't. We haven't talked on it today, but we talked last time that uh, that basically all the all the farmland in Northern California and Central California isn't getting the water that they need to 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 grow. Hey, you know what? We could we could do healthy forest practices, thin the forest out, reduce water, the fire danger, reduce the amount of water that goes to put out fires and the additional runoff to feed the Central Valley. These are all jobs programs, sensible solutions, and 
better long term. Keep in mind, the left says all that all some of these solutions are too expensive, but unemployment's really expensive, and long term unemployment is crippling. That's why we need a change. Yeah, it's uh, people need to say, you know, how much is this going to cost? How much is it going to cost doing? How much is not, doing nothing going to cost? Exactly. Good okay. point. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about taxes. I'm a business owner, successful company here. Uh, I paid uh, ugly ugly numbers, ugly amounts of uh, money that uh, in taxes last year and uh, continue this year, which I guess is a good problem um, to have, but it's still it's still stifling, um, and it's hard and it's hard for businesses to make a profit and continue to pay pay good wages when you have to pay out half your money to the taxes. Um, you have a flat tax plan to, to design to, to, uh, to give some relief to people like me. Um, and that, and also tell us make about it. It's easier for everyone. Look, the, the reality is the private sector is too small now. It only makes up about half the economy. It needs to make up about 75% of the economy. And the only way to do that, and look, over the last eight years, we've tried every spending mechanism known to mankind. Cash for clunkers, stimulus. They even tried to sell us on Obamacare leading to jobs. All of that's false. The only thing that produces jobs long-term in the private sector is when people get to expand their businesses and open up. I know you know this stat. We have more business failures today than startups. That is unsustainable and is the clearest sign that we're in trouble. So we need to leave more money with the private sector and... Make it cheaper to be in business. I know for a fact you deal with regulations that are, are mind-boggling and changing all the time. And that doesn't make sense. So, you know, as a small business attorney for 28 years, I've watched businesses have trouble uh, dealing with all of these things. So often the only time they know a regulation exists is when they get a violation because the state changes the rules so often. I recall one farmer had a letter from one agency saying he had to recycle water on his land and another one saying he cannot uh, recycle. recycle water on his land. We've got to stop that. We have to make it reasonable. The design of the flat tax is to make it cheaper to be in business, expand the economy, and you get more revenues from an expanding con economy than the stagnant one we have today, which produced only 38,000 jobs a day. Yeah, thirty-eight thousand. But you know, when they think about it, they said thirty-eight thousand new jobs in May, and then they revised uh, April and March down fifty-nine thousand. So I like to say we went negative twenty-one thousand. Yeah, right. Uh, who would trust that figure anyway? You're absolutely right. I know that's uh, it's ridiculous. And uh, hey, we got positive job growth. Every every new job is a positive job growth, and uh, every every month since Obama's been in there, <clears throat> ridiculous. Yeah, and then he doesn't count the loss. That's like a a baseball team saying we had a great season. We were 80-0. and 0. Oh, but except for our losses. Oh, yeah, exactly. How about, um, what, but what about uh, Hillary Clinton? She says that don't be, don't be uh, tricked into thinking that businesses and corporations create jobs. Is that, you know, the trickle-down <laughs> economics thing? You know, is that trickle-down economics? They say it like it's, like it's a bad thing. Yeah. Well, listen, the trick to capitalism isn't very secret. It's right there in the word, capital. You have to save money to open up a business. If you make it too hard to save money, you can't open up a business. And so, yeah, the left talks about how everything government does. Well, Ed, if government spending would lead to prosperity, 
then we should be in heaven because we have record spending of $6 trillion. Yet for two-thirds of Americans, they're living within two paychecks. So obviously, it's not working. And of course, their response is more, more, more. We need to right? tax, tax the rich. People aren't paying enough. Yeah, and that doesn't work. Take a look at Venezuela. Take a look at Denmark. Take a look of all of Europe, where where they have the spending levels from government that Hillary wants. All of them have weak growth, and and quite frankly, their standard of living sucks compared to ours. And oh, by the way, there's no there's much less freedom. So, look, all throughout history, we've had this fight between those who want to grow government and those that don't. Government gets really big, it fails, lots of debt, and then someone's got to come along and clean it up. I suggest we do it now before it gets any worse. Uh, can't, uh, how can it get any worse and still be clean-upable? Um, well, you get, look, look at what happened to Detroit. It, it just stopped doing things, and now it's had to greatly scale back. Exactly. And then you start over. I don't want to get to that point. Let's just grow the private sector now. Exactly, exactly. So talk, talk about your flat tax plan. Give us some details. 15.5% net business income, no depreciation schedules. If you spend money on your business in, in, the, in any particular year, you write off that entire amount. If you buy a vehicle for, and you write $20,000 in checks for that vehicle, you, you don't have to depreciate it over time. You take the whole deduction. Even Democrats at the national level agree to this accelerated deduction because it knows it leads to immediate business spending, which is good for jobs. So I accelerate it all into one year. Net business income, you bring in 100000 75 in expenses, you have 25000 uh, profit, boom, you do your own taxes, don't have to pay accountants. That's just an example. For individuals, I get rid of the death tax, 15.5%. Uh, no family of four pays income tax until they get over 48000 I increase the standard deduction. It's a small tax reduction overall for the economy. I actually bring in less revenues for the first two years. You know why? Uh, because... because we need to leave money in the private sector as starting capital so we can get going and get the economic growth that will produce more revenues in the long term. Exactly. And the and the personal and the personal income tax. I mean, Ed, Ed just tell tell people if I took a, a half a million dollars from your company tomorrow, would you spend more or less? Uh, I guess I guess I'd be a half a million dollars in the hole. Uh, I'd spend less. So why don't they understand that happens to the economy as a whole? Of course it does. When government takes your money, you don't have it, and that means your economy shrinks. And, and the, it doesn't do better in their hands. And we can't and we can't uh, rely on the government to create jobs because it costs costs way more to hire people, and people aren't being efficient. And uh, the the private sector does it so much better. Um, we've been hearing hearing about it for for a year from from Trump about what what uh, what he's proposing. Um, what else? What else? What else? What other details about this tax plan uh, have we left out today? Vetted. I have the support of Art Laffer, Stephen Moore, Larry Kudlow, and Ed Hoffman. And, uh, and Ed Hoffman. Don't, don't forget. Uh, no other candidate in history has had their support. And uh, because we've got to get the economy going. It's a simple plan. It gets government out of the business of deciding which income is better. 
it just says go make your money, and then we'll take yeah we'll take some portion of that. But it stops government from picking winners and losers, and it reduces the power of the IRS dramatically because the IRS gets its power with the seventy-seven thousand annotated pages and its ability to quote interpret end quote those pages. So let's take away the source of their power, simplify it, and allow people just to to push their businesses along for for I, economic and business reasons. I can tell everybody for a fact that I've lived it, that Tom Del Beccaro is right on in everything he's saying here. And uh, folks, Tuesday's, Tuesday's primary day, uh, go out. Don't sit on your butt and don't vote. Go to the, go to the polls and, uh, and give Tom your vote. We need to make sure that he's on the on the on the uh, on the general election in November. Tom, thanks for thanks for being on our show today, and uh, we yes, got our we got our fingers crossed. We're praying friend. for you, and most importantly, we're voting for you. Thanks so very much. You've been great. Okay, I'm all out of time for part one of the main event. Stay tuned for five minutes of uh, traffic, weather, and commercials, and don't go away. We'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you want to talk, if you want to talk about real estate financing, because you didn't get to hear it on this show, call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click around until you find what you want. Um, so hey, uh, we talked to uh, talked about the election on Tuesday. Did I mention that uh, Tuesday it's Trump, Del Beccaro, and Doug Shepard? Um, <clears throat> those will be my picks. And if you live in Riverside or Moreno Valley, uh, those are your three. If you live anywhere else, it's uh, Trump, Del Beccaro, and whoever you're voting for for Congress. Um, so, uh, but we have in my district we have Mark Tacano. I'm a never Tacano guy. I saw a uh, thing in the on the paper or somewhere. Uh, my wife tweeted. She said, "Oh, how sweet! Takano and Hillary, two two uh, two uh, two peas in a pod." Okay, <clears throat> we need to vote that guy out. He's a he's a loser. Okay, so I'm sorry. Did I say that on the radio? I didn't mean to. Well, yeah, I did. Okay, so um, so anyway, uh, this week the Hillary versus Trump thing is heating up, and uh, one of her, Hillary's current tactics is hitting Trump on his former. Trump University program. So let me tell you about Trump University. Trump University is just a name of a book and tape series. Okay, if you uh, if you buy uh, Robert Kiyosaki's plan, um, it's called uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, whatever it is. And if you buy uh, Tony Robbins' plan, it's uh, uh, empower your financials or something. You know, it's everybody's got their own book and tape thing to help you succeed. And do they work? Yeah, they all work if you work. Okay, everything works. The only thing that doesn't work is people. I tell all my, I t- yeah, my, some of my loan officers come to me and go, hey, what do you think about direct mail? Direct mail works. It's not, everything works a little. Some things work better than others. How about email blasts? Email blasts work. Everything works a little. Sometimes you get a little bit of response. Sometimes you get a lot of response. Um, <clears throat> I've been doing it. I've been hitting, out, hitting realtors all my life. You know, since I've been, uh, you know, go into real estate offices and make sure that you make an impression and realtors spend all kinds of money to advertise to bring us business. All you got to do is close it for them. Give them service. Give your borrower service. They'll refer business to you. Give your realtor service. They'll send more buyers to you. All you got to do is perform. Hey, but today you walk into real estate offices. There's not very many people there because they, they're carrying their office around in their pocket. Everything works a little bit. Okay. So 
I, I, I get off track here. So let's go back to Trump University. Trump University is a series of books and tapes and, and some counseling stuff. I assume that if you spent up to $35,000, you got coaching calls. Okay. All that stuff works. Okay. If you read them. Okay. If you read them, I tell you, I saw Trump, Trump and Anthony Robbins and, uh, and uh, George Foreman and about I don't know 200 different 200 different speakers that weekend that uh, Don and I flew to uh, New York. It was at the Javits Center in New York City, and uh, we got to look at all see all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> I had done all kinds of extensive real estate investing. I'd flipped properties. I'd bought and held. I 1031 exchange did all that stuff. I'd been in the mortgage business at that time for about 20 years, and I needed a shot in the arm. Okay, now I'm done. Looks like things are recovering. I need a shot in the arm. So we flew to New York for this real estate and wealth expo. I know it had played in uh, in the, in uh, Los Angeles about two years earlier. I wasn't ready. The market was still trash. There was not. It was not time to invest. And I could see, hey, the market's coming down pretty rapidly. It's time to start buying. I'm going to go to this thing and get a shot in the arm. I'm going to get a shot of enthusiasm. And then we started buying again. We started buy, buying when we started buying again. It was nervous. I was nervous. I went and saw a property and I and I told this story last week or the week before that I called the called the guy and said, write an offer for $120,000. i am going to buy this thing. I'm going to fix it up. I know it's when it's fixed up, it's going to be worth $165,000, dollars I'm going to put fifteen, twenty, $25,000 into it. And I'm going to refinance it. I'm not going to have very much money out of my pocket by the time I refinance it. And it's, and I'm going to have positive cash flow. But you know what? When he sent over the contract, I started to get all nervy and getting the shakes and, uh, I'm going to spend 120,000. Is this the right thing to do? It's hard to push that execute button. Most people don't. I told the story of sitting in that, in that expo, sitting next to a guy who said he'd been at 40 or 45 45 uh, of these seminars, and I asked him how many properties he owned. He said, none yet, but I'm getting ready. Just waiting for the right time. You know what? That's everybody. I was putting on uh, real estate, uh, how to invest in real estate, and showed you guys how to do how to do my workshop. I showed you how to, how to find the find a good property. We went went and looked at stuff, and uh, one of the guys in my seminar... We, uh, at, you know, we would, I'd do the, a couple hour, couple hour presentation. I'd feed them lunch and we'd get on a bus, go look at properties that I'd never seen before that I pulled the night before. At the end of it, we'd come back and do, do the math on the properties we just saw. Okay. This one needs this. I think at the end of it, it's going to be worth this if it's all fixed up. And, uh, this is what we got to do. We got to do carpet, paint, appliances, put on a roof, repair the fence. There's no air conditioner in this place. We got to put that in and we go through all the details and uh, at the end, I'd say, hey, this house would be like a cash-on-cash cash return on your money, 36%. Eh, let's go on to the next one. And one of the guys goes, I've been to a bunch of seminars. You know, 36%, they would be jumping for joy on this. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're, st- you're turning your nose up at it. I said, you know what, 36% cash-on-cash cash return is a good, good return. But if you can get 86%, or 106%, you know, you can get if you can get 100% return on your money in the first year, that's pretty good. Or if you can get uh or if you can get to where what I what I was searching for was money for nothing, where you actually you actually uh by the time you buy it, rehab it and refinance it, you've got nothing out of your pocket and you get four or five hundred dollars a month cash on cash return or four or five hundred four or five hundred dollars a month positive cash flow, you've got Four hundred dollars a month—that's forty-eight hundred dollars a year—divided by the amount of cash you have out of your pocket, which is zero. 
Uh, let's see, $4,800 divided by zero is infinity. Okay, it's unlimited amount of return because you don't have anything invested. That's how it works. But you know what? I will say 90% of the people that came to my seminars, 90% of the people that buy Tony Robbins, that buys uh, Trump University or uh, Robert Kiyosaki or anybody else, never buys a property. Why? Because it's hard. It's scary. So you, when you go out and spend spend money on for Trump University, the books I bought, I bought a, one of the books about uh, buying commercial real estate. It's called Trump University 101, How to Invest in, in Commercial Real Estate. It's a great book. It's written for the for the common man, for the common man by a guy named uh, David Lindahl. It's a great book. Teach you about market cycles and you know the tricks on buying commercial real estate. It's cool. I mean, you learn a lot, but guess what? If you don't do anything with it, you just wasted your money. It's kind of like that treadmill that you guys bought at Sears for $2.99 that's piled up with your laundry. Or uh, let's see, what else What else did you guys buy? That uh, that uh, Thighmaster and uh, all those other exercise equipment you bought. Oh, this is cool. I'm going to start training at my house. And guess what? You never used it. We didn't sue Big Five for, for uh, selling us Thighmasters that you never used. But Trump University want to make a big deal about it. Listen to Hillary. We're learning about another scam, the so-called Trump University. Trump, Trump and his employees took advantage of vulnerable Americans. This is just more evidence that Donald Trump himself is a fraud. He is trying to scam America the way he scammed all those people at Trump U. Oh, he's trying to take advantage of vulnerable Americans, people that want to get rich. Well, you know what? Hey, I think there's money to be made in real estate. I don't really know how to do it. Could you teach me? I'm vulnerable. Take advantage of me. Sell me something and then make me read it. Come over to my house and read it to me because I'm going to buy something. I'm not going to do it. And, uh, and, and she talks about, they're, t- they're going to try to scam people like the people at Trump U. Hey, Hillary, Trump U isn't the place. It's a book. It's a bunch of books and tapes. Oh, the people at Trump U. Where are those people at Trump U? Uh, so then, uh, so then, um, CBS comes out the, uh, they document the court case and, uh, they've been released now and the media is jumping on it. Here's the CBS news, uh, uh, report. Potential students were invited to free workshops where they were offered additional courses, one package costing almost $35,000. To those worried about the costs, salesmen were told to say, most students who are invited into this program use established lines of credit to handle tuition. Yep, so what, what does that mean? That means, uh, hey, people use their credit cards. They, you know, they, they come in, they say, hey, uh, come to a free seminar. Come to a free seminar on how to uh, how to invest in real estate. Uh, Tuesday night at the at the DoubleTree in Ontario, or Wednesday Wednesday afternoon at the uh, such and such in Covina. Whatever you've seen it, you've seen it a hundred times. Oh, how about learn learn to set up your retirement? Uh, Wednesday morning at the DoubleTree in Ontario. You know what? They're all over there. And what do they do? They give you a free seminar so they can sell you something more. Okay. Well, this is the basics of how real estate is done. If you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to learn more, we have an extensive series that will talk to you about commercial real estate. Talk to you about this. Talk to you about that. Give you the ins and outs of how. To, there's one CD in there that talks to you about how to get private investment money. Hey, all this stuff is valuable information if you read it and use it. 
It's not, you know, someone spent $35,000 on it. I hope you're committed because most people won't use it. But you know what? Uh, I don't know. It's like people who bought houses with, with a two-year fix and three-year prepays. Did you read the papers before you signed it? Hello? You know what? Uh, let's go on to the, the sales techniques. Uh, uh, let's play this next, next, next piece of the article. Before closing in 2010, Trump University promised to teach students the real estate tycoon's investment techniques. The manuals gave Trump University employees tips on the psychology of the sale, noting that clients must apply and be accepted to our program. Those with incomes more than $90,000 a year and net worths over $200,000 were prime targets. Oh my God, this is a crime, isn't it? You know, they taught, they taught people selling Trump University some sales techniques. Hey, you know what? We should go over to Riverside Auto Center and stop at, uh, what are the name of the dealers over there? Is it still, um, is it Moss Ford or Fritz Ford? Okay, Fritz Ford. Let's go over to Fritz Ford and sit in on one of their sales meetings. Hey, you know what? People buy, people buy uh, based on uh, emotion. Let's got to get them emotion. Let's let them smell the new, the, the new, uh, the new car smell inside those cars. Hey, what kind of payment do I need to make to get you for on this thing? You know, uh, what do I need to do to get you to drive off with this today? You know, hey, wouldn't you love to have this in your driveway? Oh my God, is that against the law? Is that a scam? Wake up, everybody. Hey, Hillary, it's called capitalism. It's called sales. You produce a product and then you sell it. People don't call, call in a, people don't buy, you know, people don't walk on the lot lest they want to buy, as they said, and as Alec Baldwin says in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, guess what? They called and inquired. They're interested. It's amazing to me. Are we supposed to feel bad that Trump was targeting people who make $90,000 a year? Hey, let's target people who can afford to pay their bills. Because if they can't afford to pay their bills, they probably won't buy a, they probably won't buy a, a property. They probably won't buy a property. They're wasting their money. $90,000 a year is a pretty good in most, most states in the country. I mean, and if you make less than $90,000 here, you're not rich. But you know what? $90,000 a year is, is you can, you can, you're probably, uh, you're probably uh, supporting yourself and you could afford the payments. Cause you know, when they say they use the, they use their own existing credit lines. So you, so you charge 15,000 on your credit card or 20,000 or 35,000 and you make monthly payments on it. And if you use, and if you use that, the, the concepts in the books and the tapes, those monthly payments are never going to be a problem again. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like they're targeting the, the poor to me, and it doesn't sound like a scam. It doesn't sound, to me, it sounds like, hey, this is the world. You know what the, you know what the, the, they talk about income equality? You know what? You know why the 1% people keep getting richer? Because they think like one percenters. I will tell you all the, all the money that I've made, whether it was working for my own company, whether it was investing in real estate, whether it was uh, buying pro buying properties that I could flip or buying buying uh, properties that I could hold on to, anything I've done to make money has required work. And you know what? Uh, tomorrow, the, this weekend, I'll be I'll be going to look at a couple other properties that I'm that one that uh, one that uh, Don and I just bought that we're gonna fix up and flip in Rancho Cucamonga, and one we're looking at in San Bernardino. And guess what? The realtor told me I he can only meet me early early in the morning, so I have to get up. And I don't like to get up. I don't like to get up early on the weekends. But I'm gonna go. Oh, I have to meet this realtor. 
all right, I'm going to get out of bed and get dressed early on the weekends when I should be sleeping in. And I'm going to do what most other people won't so I can live like most other people can't. Okay, you know what? If you're motivated like that and you buy get in if you learn how to do this stuff, you can be as rich as you want to be. Go to work. And you know what? Yeah, but some people just don't want to do that. Then don't worry about them. Can't blame it on Trump just like you can't blame it on Bush. So anyway, I diver I I uh, I I steer off the trail. So people that couldn't afford it. So another way the press hit Trump this week was by attacking his credibility on fundraising. This is another good one. He, you know, he, uh, so let's, let's remind everybody. I think it was January or February. I think maybe January. It was, he did the, it was the second debate of the year that Fox did a debate and uh, Megyn Kelly was going to be, he, he told Fox if Megyn Kelly was one of the moderators, he wasn't going to show up. And they said, well, we're not taking her off. So he planned a fundraiser for veterans. So it wouldn't look like he uh, just didn't want to go to the uh, the the debate. I'm not just I'm not just sitting out small sour grapes. I'm gonna sit home and watch it on TV. Um, he did something and organized an event to raise money for veterans groups. And uh, so the uh, the media the media starts uh, hitting him on it and target and saying, "Hey, you didn't uh, let's let's hear about it. you told us about how much money you raised. We don't see any evidence of it." So uh, after being hounded about the press about where the money went. Trump released the released uh, the full list on Tuesday, which uh which included which included uh donations to uh um $75,000 to the Bob Woodruff Bob Woodruff Foundation, 1.1 million dollars to the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, and the and let me stop on this one. The spokesman the spokesman for the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation said there were two checks. The first check came from Trump's personal bank account dated May 24th. Okay. So he didn't, uh, he didn't, the donation that they, that they gave, uh, wasn't just from stuff they collected was from Trump's, uh, personal bank account. Um, 200,000 to 22 kill, which is an organization started by honor, courage, commitment that seeks to, uh, to keep the bonds between veterans when they leave the military service, which I can vouch for how these military guys get out of the, uh, the, uh, uh, out of the service and then they're separated from their guys, and they need to stay together. I've seen that in in some friends of mine that uh, you know they they it's therapy for them to stay in contact with those guys. And uh, one hundred fifteen thousand to Disabled American Veterans Charitable Service Fund, seventy five thousand to American Vet Dogs, the Veteran Canine Corps, uh, seventy five thousand dollars to AmVets, uh, seventy five thousand dollars to Armed Services YMCA. 115,000 to the Fisher House Foundation, 465,000 to the Navy Seal Foundation, and a whole bunch of others. There's 40 40 uh, veterans charities were listed. Immediately after the donations were released, Trump held a press conference in New York. Uh, before Trump came out, uh, retired Marine Al Baldassaro spoke. I would never ever in a million years put my name on a candidate that did not, from his heart, look me in the eye and tell me he's concerned about veterans. That's Donald Trump. I think the liberal media, and I've been dealing with you a long time, need to get your head out of your butt, focus on the real issues. You know what? Uh, if you don't, if if you're an American and you can watch uh, uh, Lone Survivor, or you can watch. Uh, um, What's the word? What's the one with the Navy SEALs acting in it? Act of Valor, or if you can watch 
or if you can watch uh, American Sniper, or if you can watch um, 13 Hours in ben- the Benghazi, the Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, which all of you should be watching. If you didn't see it at the movies, it comes out on Tuesday on DVD. Get it. Watch it. Watch it three or four times. Watch all the little the little things that show how how the, the our American president, our secretary of state, everybody knew what was going on. They were watching it on a drone camera uh, live as it happened, and they sent nobody to, to help. And then, then question, well, who's going to be best for foreign policy? I don't know. Maybe Hillary Clinton. Maybe not. Okay, so, uh, but watch that. So if you can watch that and not feel about veterans and feel that we owe them something for our freedom and, and understand the freedoms that we have, and, and also teach that to your kids because they're not teaching it in, in colleges. If you can watch that and not feel legitimately from your heart, uh, feel like you want to help vets, something's wrong with you, better check your pulse. You might be dead. Um, I know I know somebody somebody asked that that had met me for the first time on uh, at our uh, push-ups for charity asked one of my employees said is this is this for real or is this Ed put this on for show and uh, my employee goes no this is Ed this is Ed all the time this is he this is there's nothing show here this is how he always is so uh, next Trump came out to address with his disgust with the media uh, for questioning where the money went. And I, I discussed it as well with the media. Uh, here's what Trump said. What I don't want is when I raise millions of dollars, have people say like this sleazy guy right over here from ABC. He's a sleaze in my book. Uh, you're a sleaze because you, don't, you know the facts and you know the facts well. Yeah. And then he took a, then, then he, he's firing off at the reporters. One reporter fired back at him. Is this what it's going to be like covering yeah, you and your president? Yeah, it is. is let, let me tell you something. I'm a, I'm a person. Okay, yeah, it is going to be like this, David. If the press writes false stories, like they did with this, the people know the stories are false. I'm going to continue to attack the press. Look, I find the press to be extremely dishonest. I find the political press to be unbelievably dishonest. I will say that. I would agree. I would agree. And think about this. What if George Bush, George W. Bush had done this? What if he would have gotten in the face of the press like that? What if he would have fought back to defend himself? Well, you know, you didn't find weapons of mass destruction. Well, they're there. They're there. Hey, remember my speech on uh, on September 20th, 2001 in front of a a joint session of uh, of the House and Senate when I said when I said, "Hey, we're we're not fighting a country. We're we're going after the the terrorists and the and the governments that harbor them." And uh, hey, you know what? These guys got blown up in Afghanistan and Saddam Hussein said, come here, I'll protect you. Okay, that's what that's why we went there. Oh, weapons of mass destruction. Oh, they didn't have them. Guess what? Yes, they did. We found them in 2010. But it was on page uh, 24 of the New York Times. Uh, Nobody saw it. But it's a fact. And still people don't don't know it. No one's sticking up for that. Imagine if George W. Bush would have done that. Would people think differently of him now? Because I used to remember say, you know what? I like it when George W. Bush is emotional and mad and he talks strong and makes makes me feel good about it. But then he'd always throw in a little smile at the end to make it soften it up. Soften it up, George. You know, you're talking too mean and it's it's not pulling great with the people. You know what? So he throws in a little smile at the end. And I thought to myself, what is that about? 
I like it when you when you grit your teeth when you're mad. You know, when you're getting emotional when he's emotional on the night of uh, September 11th and he's stopped and he's standing there in a candid, candid statement or a candid interview in the Oval Office uh, without his tie on uh, and and choking up and you could see his eyes start to tear up. You know what? Show me, show me that you have that you have a soul. You know, show me that you have some feelings and that you're really a human being. Hillary Clinton has no feelings. She's Satan. She ha- she's she's soulless. So uh, when you see her, and uh, and then here, and then of course Hillary Clinton, who hides from the press as often as possible, she hasn't had a press conference since last year. And I'd say that doesn't mean she hasn't been in the in the media. That means she hasn't taken any questions from from a reporter uh, since the beginning of 2016. Here's what she said. He doesn't want to unify us. He wants to divide us. That's why he started his campaign attacking people and he hasn't stopped. Yesterday, it was the press that he was attacking. Now, if you're in public life, you're not always going to like what the press says about you. I have some experience with that. But part of the genius of our democracy, our system, is we have a free press. Yeah, we have a free press and they're free to uh, to uh, to vote, to uh to show their show their uh, their bias for the liberals, the liberals out there, folks. You know what? Tuesday is an important day. It's election day. It's time for you guys to get off your butts, go down, and stand in line for a few minutes and vote. And don't forget to get off your butt and go vote. And uh, it's important. Well, you know, Trump's going to win anyway. Hey, you know what? Go down there and talk somebody out of voting for. Uh, Voting for Hillary or Bernie Sanders, you know the the communist or the felon. Remember, Trump, Tom Del Beccaro, Doug Shepard. Folks, I'm out of time for uh, this week's episode of the main event. Do your civic duty and go vote on Tuesday, and uh, pick up 13 hours. And if you've already seen it, watch it again. My name is Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, and I'll be back again with you next week.